Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and co-hosting with me, Chris. You there? I'm here. Well, look like it's us till our guest call in. Can we handle it? Of course, we always can. <laughs> Make it happen, Captain. There you say. There you go. Well, well, we got Wayne, Chris. See that Wayne? You don't want me, but you got me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's funny you said that. I was talking to Abe today at work. I was like. Uh, he's like, I'm calling me. I said, well, you know, women will have a smack talk. He'll be on there. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, Wayne. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Chris start off, and then I'm going to start on you, and then let you start on me, because I think you're wrong. Perfect. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Let us let our guests know. is on again, um, all the listeners out there. And you know he's going to get on me today, so everybody get ready. <laughs> yeah, Wayman, I, I was making a comment about it during the game, after the game, and I knew, I knew, yeah, we were going to hear from you. So it's always good to have you on here. Hey, Wayman, I appreciate it. I love being on here on these weeks. It was kind of tough the first few weeks, but I'm loving it right now. Wait, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking loving about. That sports talk? I'm loving this sports talk right now. <laughs> wait, wait, let me say what she really said. She said, I hope these Eagles win because I can't wait to talk to Wayne. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This is beautiful. <clears throat> it's always a good thing. So it's okay. But, uh, Wayman, I, I guess the, the first question I have has to do with uh, the, the New England Patriots, you know, and, and the AFC. Do you, do you know who their biggest challenger is in the AFC at this point? You know, honestly, I think the biggest challenger would come from their own division, and, and, and that may not even be. We'll see how big of a challenge that is this week. But you look mm-hmm. at the AFC with Big Ben Hurt now. Um, beyond Buffalo, I don't really see anyone in the AFC um, that can really challenge New England um, Honestly, I mean, I think New England can be a little suspect on their defense, but offensively and, and, and Brady coming in and the transition being seamless, it's hard to think of any team, and I'm not just talking about challenging New England. Um, there's a lot of parity in the AFC. I, I just don't really see any dominant teams outside of New England on on, on that side of the conference. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, hold on. Before you continue, um, I got to let Wayman know. I hate Shannon, but I got several people at work. You know, I don't, don't get big at Wayman, but I got something good said. I got to say it. Uh, a lot of people listen to the show at work, and they said what you said. It's unbelievable because you had it right on the mark about everything, you know. So don't get your head big, though. But, um, you ain't right <laughs> but I just want to let you know when good things say about the gas and, you know, what they're talking about and, they said they love listening to you, women, so um, great. I appreciate it. I mean, I enjoy being on the show, and, 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 you know, just as much as I enjoy talking and exploring different topics, I enjoy listening to the different perspectives and 
and takes on them as well. Even if you know the Philadelphia stuff is a little misguided, um, I enjoy listening to it nonetheless. All right, go ahead, Chris. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> okay. Well, you you mentioned about Ben Roethlisberger and being hurt. So now that uh, he's going to be, be missing four to six weeks, what do you think the Pittsburgh's odds are, you know, of making it in, even into the playoffs? You know, I think in a in a normal year, I think they would be pretty poor. But you look at Cincinnati, and 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 um, and I read an article yesterday, um, and I, for whatever reason, that the name of the coach is uh, escaped me in Cincinnati. But you look at all the assistants he's groomed over the past few years. He, he lost Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson um, in Cleveland. He lost Zimmer to Minnesota. He lost Gruden to the Redskins. He keeps grooming these assistants. Um, and basically it, it, it's caught up with Cincinnati. Um, losing all those good coaches, schemes, and, and what have you, you can see that there's really been a downturn um, with that team this year. Baltimore can't get out of their own way. Um, and Cleveland is Cleveland. So in a, in a normal year, you might say, well, Pittsburgh might be in a lot of trouble, but Pittsburgh compared to Cleveland, you still say Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh can go in um, and, and at least be competitive with Baltimore and Cincinnati. So I don't, I don't think this year it's probably as, as big a deal as it might be in years past. Uh, you, you, you include the fact that Landry Jones had to play uh, quite a bit last year when, when Ben was hurt, had to play in the playoff game versus the Broncos and almost won that. So it's not like they're throwing um, an unknown commodity in there. And if anything, I think anybody that has Le'Veon Bell on their fantasy team um, is going to be very excited because I imagine that Pittsburgh just finds multiple ways to feed Le'Veon Bell the ball, um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for them. Well, wait a minute. Think about it. And Pittsburgh uh, playing the Eagles and all like that. They had everybody except for the lady on, you know, but still, they still had their team intact, and they got that butt kick, you know? Then, you know, they, everybody they, talking about Ben got hurt with Miami, but they had Le'Veon and all that, and they still got their butt kick. And Ben came yeah. back, so. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, Pittsburgh, with a healthy Le'Veon Bell, um, even when Ben comes back, I, I think that is your best bet. I think you get a, you, they got away from that in the Miami game. Um, in the game before, when they played Kansas City, they blew them out. They had Le'Veon Bell split out. They had Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. They had him doing receiving stuff. Utilize your main asset, and that is Le'Veon Bell. As good as Big Ben is, um, Le'Veon Bell is the engine that drives that team. And I guarantee you, if they would have used and manipulated him in the way that he needed to be manipulated, um, and he wasn't hurt in that Philadelphia game, uh, the outcome would have been different. I tried to tell Chris, you know, and, uh, everybody, you know, even the Eagles, you know, in this, you know. Oh, yeah, um, this early in the season, when his week was about 9 or 10, I mean, you know that, and Chris know that. Things will start shaping out of the teams that, you know what I'm saying? So right now, like my Eagles, they, on that, they was on that little win, um, who else was with it? You know, uh, Minnesota, they they got to stick in there, but things will change. You know, Green Bay always going to be that bad either, so I don't know about Pittsburgh over there. I think, you know, New England going to start coming, you know, and so it's early right now. I keep telling everybody. You guys don't think it's, so? It's early, but this is where you're de- developing your tendencies. You know, I said a couple of weeks on the, uh, when we were talking about the Philadelphia bandwagon and people getting on Philadelphia, 
and I don't know if Chris and you remember this, I said, defensive coordinator said around the league, after week three is when we start to gather film and we learn teams' tendencies. And that does not bode well for teams like Philadelphia. I understand it's still early, but you look at certain teams, certain teams you can already tell. New England has staying power. Minnesota has staying power. And other teams, not so much. We don't know if the Redskins are going to stay consistent. There are a lot of teams that are kind of mediocre and kind of trending in positive directions. We have other teams kind of falling back. But I definitely think that you're starting to separate the pretenders from um, the contenders. And, you know, and, and you've been there, love. Um, the NFL season, the way the salary cap is, is now, you have a blend of veterans and rookies. So your rookies, week five, week six, can't be rookies anymore if they're in your starting lineup. And you have teams like Carolina who let Josh Norman go, and they have rookies at defensive back, and it's destroying that team. You can't ask any more from Cam Newton, but those rookies aren't integrating well on those teams. And those teams where the rookies aren't integrating well and are dependent on highly aren't going to do as well. Philadelphia is going to be a case in point. They have a rookie driving that team. Teams have caught on to what Philadelphia is doing. Carson Wentz, and I'm not disparaging him, Carson Wentz doesn't throw the ball downfield. Teams know that now. So teams are sitting on those short routes. They're sitting and making sure that he's not completing those little routes to the backs, little routes to the tight ends, short routes to the receivers, and they're making and forcing him to throw the ball downfield. He's not been able to do it. He only completed 50 passes, or 50% of his passes versus the Redskins. I think he had 189 yards passing, and 50 of those came on uh, one pass. So that little dunk and dink thing that he's been doing, he's going to have to come up with something different if Philadelphia is going to move forward. I can see it. Defensive coordinators can see it. The rest of the league can see it. You've got to move forward with your rookies or you're going to get left behind. Hmm. Which, which okay. Philadelphia is. So, I mean, you might as well start making those reservations for me, love, and Chris, because um, there's no way to get in the eight games. I, 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 I still think that they they still got a good shot. I still think that, you know, they got the three wins and they still have a good shot in there somehow. So let, let me just say, let me bring up one more point, love. This is Philadelphia's uh-huh. next five games, and you tell me where the win comes. They play Minnesota. They play Dallas. They play the Giants. They play Atlanta. They play Seattle. That's five losses. So you're they looking at it now. Who, who are they? Are they going to beat Minnesota? Are they better than Minnesota? No. Are they, are they better than Atlanta? No. Are they better than Seattle? So we'll we'll. If we're being honest, we'll throw those three games out. They got to go to Dallas. I say that's a loss, and they got to go to New York. We'll say those teams are about even if they're not a little worse. That might we can at least say that might be five straight losses for Philadelphia. I got to throw in here though that the Giants have have been so hot and cold that you just don't know True. what team you're going to face. So I, I will definitely agree that I, I will the agree Giants. there. But you you got the Giants at home. Um, um, and, and and I think that's going to be a difficult test for them. So we, we can say that they and the Giants are even, but I give the nod to the Giants because they're playing at home. The Giants are a little bit hot and cold. But you've got back-to-back weeks after you go to Minnesota, on the road, at Dallas, at New York. Then you play a home game versus Atlanta, which should have beat Seattle at home. And then you go the next week and fly across the country to 
Seattle to play them. Then you have Green Bay after that. Green Bay after that, Cincinnati, and we know they can't beat Washington, so we can write another L there. What looked like a promising season can very quickly fall off the track for Philadelphia. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying it will. Okay. And obviously, let me talk, we'll, be, let me, we'll be looking week by week. Let me give you those, my, my thing about those five teams. First, you might want to cancel your damn reservation to that lunch thing. I'm telling you right now. Go <laughs> get your Because you ain't going to say anything convinced me. Seattle is, is hot and cold too, Chris. And you know that. They barely oh, absolutely. They got um, the Giants are just, they, you don't know what's going to come with them. So, huh? um, okay. Dallas, they're going to start figuring that rookie out. And you know they are. Uh-huh. They're going to figure that rookie uh-huh. quarterback out. It's just the same way you said with Carson Wentz. Teams will start figuring them out. You know, they're going to figure him out. Why? He ain't going to be doing like he keeps doing. You know he's a rookie. Ain't no rookie he's here. A rookie. Year, but he's a rookie, but he's, 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 he's been thrust into a system with a great offensive line. He has a dynamic and great running back, which takes some pressure off of him. But when he has been forced into passing situations, going and playing in Green Bay, going on the road to Washington, he is throwing the ball downfield. He's utilizing whoever is open as far as his receivers are concerned. If you watched any of that Green Bay game, he looks like a polished 10-year veteran back there. Green Not Bay, rattled. Sir. Green Bay. Green I mean, Bay, sir. Come on. But, but, Green, but the, difference is, the difference is he has a running game, one. And two, he's been thrust in a situation where he is utilizing everything. He throws the ball downfield. He he's incorporates his tight ends. He's incorporating all of his weapons. I think it'll be a lot harder to break that rookie down than Carson Wentz, who only has checked down and thrown short passes to his receivers' tight ends. Um, you you I'm, have I'm someone su- without their best weapon that's still succeeding in Dallas. I'm surprised Chris being quiet because I told her. No, I'm, I'm, said, I'm just listening. Teams have figured out Denver last year. I said they're going to figure them out. That defense, and now look what happened. Um, Atlanta did it. They brought that running back. The linebackers can stay with them. And then uh, uh, what's called came did the same thing. The running back to the linebacker. No, they figured yeah, it we out. We talked about that. It's the same. Yeah, we way. talked about that last week. Where there is definitely a Bronco blueprint. I don't think every yeah. team out there is equipped to um, to utilize it. But the teams that do have a dynamic running back or tight end combination can definitely march up and down the field. I mean, San Diego literally marched right down the field on that first drive and scored against the Broncos, utilized that tight end um, the rest of the game. There's definitely a blueprint to beat the Broncos. I I don't see it as easy beating the Cowboys. And what's getting lost in all of this for the Cowboys is Des Bryant has not even been on the field for him. That 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 yes. red zone threat, that deep threat that he was he was taking advantage of in the preseason, hasn't even been there. So I think, if anything, unless Jerry Jones, that's my only wish and prayer. I pray every night that Jerry Jones sticks his finger right in it and screws Dallas up. Other than that, <laughs> I'm pre- I'm pretty afraid of that Dallas team. And and as much as I hate to admit that, as much as I love to hate the Cowboys, I, I think Jerry Jones is the only thing that can save me now. <laughs> I, I personally think that the Cowboys, they've 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 had some luck. They have had some luck in there, but mm-hmm. eventually the wheels are going to come off because that's yep. pretty much what happens every year with them. Yep. <laughs> Jerry Jones, every year, every year, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones. Oh. I'm hoping. 
it's 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 going to happen. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. On that. And I'm 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 kind of thinking it may happen during the, the during the the Philadelphia game. So. Yeah, no, no, no. Even if the wheels just fall off, they'll still wind up beating Philadelphia. Hey, don't, okay. don't, don't, don't hate on on uh, Philadelphia's defense. They got a pretty dang good defense. So they had a they had a pretty good dang mm-hmm. defense. But we talk about my Redskins putting up five hundred yards, two hundred eighty three rushing yards on Philadelphia, and the fact that they scored twenty points versus the Redskins, one on a punt return, one on a pick six. So how good is that Philadelphia defense? You're looking back-to-back weeks after I said week three, they get beat by Detroit, who put up a ton of yards on them. They get dominated by the Redskins, and that score was nowhere close to what that game actually was. The Redskins can't run on anybody. They had three running backs combined for 283 yards on that Philadelphia defense. So, yeah, that Philadelphia defense was good, exposed. That Philadelphia offense was good, exposed. And it's going to happen week in and week out, and like I told you, love, at the beginning of the year, I want you to start calling me the prophet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, me, Chris, and the prophet, we'll be right back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, the prophet got me all rattled as co-host and Chris. And Chris, we have the prophet on here. You don't I get heard, it. I heard, I heard that that's what the <laughs> fictitious name yeah. is these days. You know, what, oh, Chris, yeah. like I said, when we're going to break, I'll call him daddy when he paid for my $75 steak. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> that is not necessary. I, the prophet will do, and I will definitely, I already predicted that I will be eating lunch on your dime uh, here in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, go ahead with your question. All right. 
So, Prophet, I mean, I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> Last week, the San Francisco 49ers, they replaced their starting quarterback, Gabbert, for Colin Kaepernick. They failed. You know, this week, the Jets are replacing starting quarterback Fitzpatrick for Geno Smith. Do you see the Jets failing like the 49ers? That's the first question. Second is, is both the 49ers and the Jets issue deeper than the specific personnel? Oh, um, the 49ers, and I think we've talked about it in past weeks here, uh, the 49ers don't have up and down that lineup, with the exception of maybe Carlos Hyde at running back, no exceptional people on that team. Uh, they lost Navarro Bowman, who was kind of a linchpin um, and, and probably the most important piece of that defense, who they had just now locked up. Um, and, and he tore his ACL once again. Um, they don't have anyone. 49ers, it doesn't matter who you put at quarterback, um, whether it be Blaine Gabbard, whether it be Colin Kaepernick, they're not going to win any games. I mean, there, there might be another game or two that they luck out and, 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 and catch someone off guard who figures they can just walk in and roll their helmets and beat the 49ers. And they, just like the Rams the first week, um, if the 49ers were to play the Rams, 15 other weeks, they might win another game or two. So um, with the 49ers, no, it, it doesn't matter. I, I think the issues are much deeper personnel-wise, um, coaching-wise on that team. As far as the Jets are concerned, I think they have a good young coach. Um, obviously, they have Decker. They have Brandon Marshall. Um, they have an outstanding, if not one of the best defensive lines in front seven in all of football. Um and, and if you watch that Monday night game, they said that the owner's starting to get a little frustrated and upset because he did not see the Jets team being a rebuilding team. No one else did it as well. I mean, we thought the Jets would be competitive, and they won 10 games last year, missed out on the playoffs. But you're seeing, seeing a serious regression. Um, definitely time to sit Fitzpatrick on the bench. I don't know how much better Geno Smith is going to be. you got two rookie, well, not rookie, but you got a rookie quarterback, Hackenberg, um, another quarterback that was a rookie last year. Um, with the way the season is going, if there's not a, a, a massive turnaround, you might as well go, go ahead and start building for your future. Um, and that might mean building without their GM and, and, a, and, and their coach. So I, I think if it continues down the road that it's going on in New York, you might see a completely different team and staff next year. Wait a minute. Let's be serious with this. First, let's start off with the 49ers. You said it's deeper. It's way deeper. Chip Kelly is not going to win in the NFL with that offense. You know that. That's college stuff. He's not going to win with that. You know, I don't care what quarterback you have. You got Peyton Manning. He's not going to win with that offense in the NFL. It's not going to work. He's a horrible coach. He's a bum. That's why we got rid of him. You know, now you throw Kavanaugh and Blaine Gabbard in there, too horrible, you know. It don't matter. You can put them in Pop Warner with Chip Kelly, all it ain't going to win. Two, the Jets. Fitzpatrick, they pay him all that money. Why would you get somebody all that money with last year? You, 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 you're one minute from making the playoff to win that game. He threw three interceptions. Come on. He was a bum then that. He gave him all that money. You knew Geno Smith was a bum. That's why you ain't playing him, so... You can't blame nobody but yourself by giving Fitzpatrick that money and not going after somebody else. Come on, Wayman, you know that. 
You know, you see well, him lost the game last year for them to go in the yeah, playoffs. One minute he throws three that, interceptions. That should have told that, you right there. That's the flip side of it, though. You figure you, you went ten and six, half a half a beat away from making the playoffs with this guy. One minute from making um, the playoffs. No, I understand. I understand. He threw three interceptions in that in that crucial game versus Buffalo, which which kind of you know sunk their their playoff hopes. But you figure another year in the system. He has another year in Chan Gailey's offense. Um, you don't expect him to regress. You expect, okay, this is this guy's second year in this offense. He's thrown for more yards, more touchdowns. Um, we got more weapons because now we have Forte in the backfield. You, you, if if anybody looked at that, you expect that that they're going to be trending upwards, not not downwards. And I think the Jets were smart. They did give Fitzpatrick some money up front. They wouldn't guarantee him a long-term deal and give him a ton of money, and they will cut their losses and they will cut him and be rid of him at the end of this year. Um, you know what? They need they need to give Geno Smith an opportunity to see if he can run that offense. Um, give him an opportunity in Chan Gailey's offense because, and 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 none of us will forget that he was he was a designated starter until he got punched in the jaw. Last he year. was horrible. So, he was a bum. That's well, what he let's, see, let's see if he's horrible. And if he is, then you know you got to rebuild your team next year, at least from the quarterback standpoint. Hey, Chris, i got a question for you. Yeah, go for it. Yes. If you go out on a date with a guy, and on that date he's an asshole, rude to you and all like that, are you going to come back next year for another <laughs> date with him? I really doubt it. Uh, so if, if, if Fitzpatrick threw all that shit in the last of that game, and lost that for them. They was one minute away. Would you bring him back thinking, oh, well, he learned. Next year he'll do better. No, he'll be the same way on that damn date he was the last time. I'm all the right. <laughs> You're right. But, Chris, if I was sweet to you the majority of the time, bought you roses and flowers, and then one time last year, um, toward the end of last year, I didn't quite get you the Christmas gift that you wanted. I kind of fell a little short. You would have those expectations that maybe I would be that guy that you saw initially. Not judging me on the one loss and how maybe one date or a few dates ended, but what I did consistently. And he showed consistently or consistency last year that he's not really shown in his career. And that's what the the Jets expected. Um, They expected that he would show that consistency. It's not like he had a lot of horrible games. He did lay an egg at the end. So maybe you would give a guy another chance that had treated you well the majority of the time and kind of see his misgivings as an outlier rather than how he was going to perform consistently. Okay. Now, Chris, the guy's nice to you the whole time. Then you go all right, the the one time when he tried to get some booty. You tell him no. He try and take it. So you tell me he was nice to you the whole time, and then now he's trying to get the booty. You tell him, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. You tell me the next time, because he was nice and gave you flowers, you want to go back out here? We go, hell no. He tried to take the booty, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> okay, yes, he did. so, well, so wow. what women talk about, he is nice and flowers, and, you know, hell no. No, yeah. he's not, right, Chris? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's the way you put it. Yeah, you're right. right now. I don't think she even knows what you said, love. Yeah, <laughs> do. Tell what I said. Oh, my goodness gracious. He's talking about being nice the whole time. <laughs> Shit. Wow. Wow, wow. 
<laughs> okay, let's let's move on to another topic, you guys. Okay. So sure. I, I did you watch Sunday Night Game, Wayman? I did. What? Okay. What's wrong with Green Bay? Is is it Rodgers? Is 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 he too long in the in the in the in the the NFL? Is it the players? Their defense? What is wrong with Green Bay? I think Green Bay is who they are. I think what's wrong with Green Bay is our expectations of Green Bay. Um, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers' last 12 games and you look at Hoyer's last 12 games, Hoyer has almost as many touchdowns. Um, he has a better passer rating, less interceptions than Rodgers. Um, and so I don't think Green Bay is that elite team we keep thinking and wanting them to be. Last year we gave them a pass because we said he's missing Jordy Nelson on the outside. Yeah. So um, we said, well, Cobb's not really a, an outside receiver. He's more a slot receiver. And so once he gets Jordy Nelson back, that offense will just start humming. It's not. And Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to say he's regressed. Green Bay is who Green Bay is now. They are not one of the elite teams. Um, paying Aaron Rodgers as much as you have, at quarterback um, has lessened the opportunity, and, and I say mainly from probably more of a defensive standpoint, you don't have as much depth. You don't have any depth at running back behind Eddie Lacy, who looks horrible. I mean, if Eddie Lacy can hit the hole, I still feel like at 42, I can run through some NFL holes on that line if Eddie Lacy can get through anybody's hole. But um, it, it just is not an elite team, and every year, because of Aaron Rodgers, we assume that Green Bay is an elite team, and they're not. I think it's more perception than substance, and I think they really got exposed by Dallas in a major way. Minnesota, if you watched that game earlier, Chris, really yeah. exposed Green Bay. And if you watch that Dallas game, if you watch the Giants game um, preceding that, Aaron Rodgers has 15 minutes to throw the ball. It's not like he's getting pressured. It's not like, um, you know, well, we can blame it on sacks or his offensive line is poor. That offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. He's sitting back there patting the ball and still can't find open receivers. They're not, they're not, a, good, they're not a great team. They might be a good team. But, you know, if Minnesota can keep going at the rate they're at, we're going to have to, and, and being as young as they are on that Minnesota team, that's going to be the new team in that division. It's not Minnesota, even though we keep wanting to crown them and, and see them as an elite-level team. They are not. Wait a minute. I hate to say it, but you pissing me off today. You know, <laughs> you know, you know the truth football. hurts is what they say, and, and it's the truth. Let me tell you why. You know football. I know you know it. You know a team is not going to be that team every year in and out. It's going to start turning, and this is Green Bay, and it's Minnesota turn now to be that team in that division. Right. You know, Green Bay is starting to drop. You know, it ain't Aaron Rodgers, it ain't nothing. The team just ain't got it no more. You got Cobb, and you got the guy, yeah. uh, I can't think of his name, that came back from the injury. But still, you, you, you got Lacey, and you got the other guy, um, what's his name, Chris, or Rahel. Starks is hurt. Well, you got Lacey in the backfield. Yeah, Starks yeah. is hurt. They just now got Nile Davis from Kansas City. <clears throat> right. I mean, well, but teams, then- Teams, Green Bay is not the team no more, and you see that. You know, teams start to drop. They're not that yeah. elite team anymore. Everybody thinks that because it's yeah. Green Bay, they're going to be elite every year and, and be in no. there. No. They're not. not. They're not. 
Aaron Rodgers is not elite anymore. We keep seeing mm-hmm. him as an elite quarterback. He is not. He hasn't been, um, at least in the last two years. But we and, and, and so we're not saying anything different. They are not who we in the media um, and, and all these prognosticators and everyone else think they are. They are not that team. They're not mm-hmm. one of the elite teams, Aaron Rodgers. Well. And, and, and there has been some regression, which happens on most teams outside of Minnesota. I said Minnesota. I meant, I meant New England. Um, all teams are going to go through that. Uh, New England is probably the one, one team that's been insulated from the ups and downs that most teams go through. They'll go through it next year, I guarantee you. No, they won't go through it because of their coach. They don't go through it. That is the only coach in the NFL that is willing to play to the strength of his players. That's why you have an a NFL coach running his offense through tight ends. Never been done before in the history of the league, and no one else can seem to duplicate or replicate it. When he doesn't have elite outside receivers, he went to his tight end and slot receivers. Um, he made Wes Welker, Amendola, Julius Edelman. We know all of those players because of Bill Belichick's offense and the way he utilizes what he has on the team. Everybody else wants a Julio Jones. They want a Des Bryant. They, they're looking for the next big college receiver. Where's that, where's that person on New England's team? Does Belichick go out and get a receiver like that? Now, he did have Randy Moss and go undefeated when he did have something like that in his offense. He doesn't need it. Who's, who's, who's the starting running back in New England? Is it Blount? Is it James White? Who knows from week to week? He is the one person in the NFL because of who he is, how he coaches, and how he plays to the strength of his players that has been um, the coach that, that, and recession is not the worst, right word, re- regression. Regression-proof. He's regression-proof. New England is there year in and year out because he's the coach of that team. Well, Bilicek is, is pretty phenomenal as far, as far as a coach. You know, he, he can... He makes things happen, and you're right about the running game. They've, you know, they've always had a. Sometimes he focuses on running, but then other times he doesn't. And yes, you're right about Gronkowski. You know, and then when he had uh, Hernandez there too, he had a double whammy with two tight ends. But yeah. you know, and and who's who's the quarterback? When Brady gets hurt, they put in Garoppolo. They bring right. in the kid from North Carolina State. Um, uh, you look at the the past quarterbacks that New England's had that have been traded and gone to other teams, when they're in New England, they win games. When they get traded other places, they wash out of the league. That's happened everywhere. He doesn't even need Brady at quarterback to win, which he proved this year. There's no other coach out there that can lose their starting quarterback due to injury, due to suspension, um, shuffle in whoever at running back, uh, lose Gronkowski, and still continue to win, and not just win, but dominate in the way that he does year in and year out. Well, but yeah, they did. But I I think a lot of it with with, with New England is intimidation factor. A lot of people are very intimidated, and they they don't know what to prepare for. And and that's part of of the persona that uh, New England is given. That's those grown men. They ain't intimidated. This ain't college, you know. Or you go into Alabama. You don't think there's intimidation going on between those other teams. 
But, but, but I definitely think that, that he does carry that mystique. Um, it might not be, like Love said, intimidation, but, but yeah, New England's going to come in. You're, you're not going to prepare more than they are. Um, those guys are prepared, they're professional, and they win. You're, it it kind of reminds me of, um, uh, of the Spurs. That's the only coach to me that's even comparable. Um, year in and year out, Belichick and the Patriots are to the NFL what the Spurs are to the NBA. There's no other what team about Phil, what about Phil that Jackson? has been regression-proof. You're talking about the head Hello? coach for, 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 um, for the, the Spurs. Spurs? Yeah. Yep, it's, it's, it's the same way. And like I said, I think, I think he, like Belichick, utilizes who's on that team rather than a lot of these coaches, a lot of, like, like, you know, um, Love's favorite coach, Chip Kelly. Instead of saying <laughs> the 49ers, instead of saying the 49ers don't have these pieces or those pieces, and so we're going to use our personnel to the best of our advantage. No, Chip Kelly says, I'm going into Philadelphia, even though I have one of the best running backs in the league. I'm going into Philadelphia when we had one of the best receivers in the league, and we're going to run a gimmick offense because that's what I ran in college. Why would you do it? Because these head coaches, and, and not saying that Belichick doesn't have a huge ego, but Belichick is willing to put that ego aside to win, and they do anything they can, even cheat sometimes, to win. Ah, oh, you said cheat. Ah. Oh, well, I said that too. But uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, I know you have more questions, but still, um, I still dispute, you know, um, y'all talk about Belichick, all this and that, because, you know, if we go into something, you can see something, you make changes, you know. So that's all he did. That's what they did with Denver. Teams made changes. That's all you got to do. You ain't got to be that damn smart. But we'll take a break. We'll be back with me and Chris and the Prophet. (laughs) Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you, call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And we have co-host Chris. And Chris, we have the Prophet still here, right? Oh, it's always good to have him on. <laughs> I told you, I call him Daddy. Mostly <laughs> paying for that lunch and painting. That's $75 steak. Okay. I love Chris. You said that question. Yeah, so, you know, you were talking about Philadelphia. And this week, they, the Eagles faced their former teammate, Sam Bradford, quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. So Sam Bradford, he knows the Eagles' playbook, but Eagles head coach Dan Pedersen, Doug Pedersen, excuse me, he will not change his plays. How will this affect the game? Uh, I don't think it's going to affect the game much at all because it was going to be a blowout whether they knew all their plays, and it'll be a blowout uh, even if they didn't. I mean, I, I think with a real defense like Minnesota has, you have Sam Bradford, and you have to throw in the revenge factor. I mean, I, 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 I'm liking the fact that Denver is on a two-week skid, but I'm afraid for Brock Osweiler's life this week playing against that Denver defense. And, and in the same way, Bradford not playing on the defensive side of the ball, but do you not think that Bradford is chomping at the bit to go against that defense after they let him go? Oh, you know he is. Oh yeah, he is. He is. They are, and if and, and and we've done it. I mean, we had coaches when I was in college play it or coach at different programs, and they wind up on our staff, and we play that team. And I'm not going to name any names, but did we have some of the signals and some of the audibles that those teams ran? We we certainly did, and I'm sure um, Sam Bradford will be able to help that defense more than anything, uh, with the audibles, with the checkdowns, um, with the verbiage that they're hearing out there, I think he's going to be a great asset uh, to that defense this week in Minnesota as if they needed any more help. Come on, Wayman. Come on. Come on now. You know, and everybody know, you know, when a player, I could tell a player, a defensive back, hey, I'm running a post route. If you run that route the way you put running, you can't stop it. I don't care if you know the play, know where you're going. You can't stop it. You know what I'm saying? Well, some routes are are like that, but some routes aren't. I mean, some routes, if I know where you're going, you know, you look at at Tlaib, who they say is a great uh, studier of the game, and, and he studies routes, and you can see it. If you know where that receiver is going before that receiver gets there, you can jump those routes, and that's especially dangerous for Philadelphia's offense because they don't throw the ball downfield. So with a lot of that short stuff they throw, if you know somebody's running a hitch before they run that hitch and you jump that hitch, that's a touchdown for Minnesota. Um, now, an out, let me t- if, if, you, if you jump an out and you guess right, like, like Philadelphia did in that Washington game, that's a touchdown. So the way Philadelphia runs their offense, it definitely can be a big asset for Minnesota going into the game, especially on that short timing stuff that they run in Philadelphia. Hey, Raymond, if you watch Sam on me, my team, and we run a hitch, run a hitch, 
Coach say, hey, they jump in that hitch. What do you do? What the coach do next? You're going to you take that hitch right. and, throw it, and throw it over their head. Am I wrong or right? So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sam Bradford might know the plays. Yeah, okay, they run the hitch. Coach might say, hey, you know this. Let's throw this little tweak in. Run this and, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, he said, well, Chris said that he said he's not going to change the plays. And if he's not going to change the plays and they can jump hitches all day, it's going to be a long day for Philadelphia is, is all I'm saying. You know, I mean, if, you, if he's going to be stubborn you know, and not change the plays and, and Minnesota has that advantage going in, I mean, to be honest, it's not going to matter much anyway because I don't expect that team or that game to be very competitive. You just don't want to pay for that lunch, the profit. That's amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, Did you foresee Philadelphia beating up on Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago? Um, I did not. I did not. No. Um, and so, but, so but let me I ask think, you this next: Can uh, anything happen on any any given Sunday? But see, I, I don't think now anything can happen on any given Sunday. I think. Oh. Okay. And, oh. oh so so I, from I now on, think, you're, you're going to pick I don't every think it, game I don't think at this point out. in the season, I don't think at this point in the season, anything can happen. I, I think in those first few weeks, when you're trying to find yourself, you're right. Anything can happen. But with the amount of practice time that you don't have now, um, your personnel is your personnel. You're not right. making these switches to your team um, in, in terms of personnel, and you're not making switches as far as what your identity is. Um, and, and, and the only teams doing that, i.e. San Francisco or the Jets, are in dire straits. Those teams are in trouble. So, so the teams that are right now, we know what they are. And now, just like Love was alluding to a few minutes ago, this is what we're doing. We are going to do it better than you can defend it. And that's it. And Philadelphia is who they are. Wentz is not going to start chucking the ball downfield for 80 yards. They don't have the receivers for it, and they don't have the type of game planning for that. And so this is what you have. Teams like Pittsburgh that play off the ball and allowed him to complete short passes. Detroit said, no, we're not having it. Washington said, no, we're not having it. Beat us down the field. And until Wentz can consistently beat teams down the field, they're not going to win. Listen to what the coach said. He said, we're not going to change our play. Every game, women, I mean, you know, and Chris, you know, when a coach and a team go in, the game, plan, the game changes plan. Everybody, I don't care because everybody plays different defense, has different plays now. So, just because he said, we ain't changing our play. You know, that don't mean he changed the game plan. Because, you know, it's Sam Bradford. No, you can, you, can change the, you can change the game plan, but you can't change your personnel. You can't go out and get another receiver. You can't go out and replace Darren Sproles and the other running back that they have in the backfield that's not doing anything for them. Um, you can't go out and get a faster receiver. You got Aguilar. Um, you got the guy out of Oregon a couple of years ago. You don't have speedsters in Philadelphia. You don't have anybody to stretch the field. And people aren't going to lay off Wentz anymore. People, uh, the Redskins sacked him five times. They heated him up. Um, he completed less, actually not less, right at 50% of his passes for under 200 yards, dinking and dunking. That's not going to work anymore. And until or unless they can do something different, 
it's not going to change. Let him dink and dunk versus Minnesota and see where that gets him. I can't wait to be back on here next week. This is so much fun. <clears throat> All right, I cannot wait. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, you can't wait. Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> next thing I want to talk about. I was reading an article that the NFL must come to the reality of re- reviewable pass interference calls. Up to this point, the NFL has refused to consider adding pass interference to its list of reviewable plays. What's your opinion on this? I, I think they should leave it alone. As much as I hated to see Atlanta not get another opportunity in that game versus Seattle because Seattle. it was clear mm-hmm. pass interference, and I think that that's one of the main reasons they brought that up uh, was that Richard Sherman pass interference in Atlanta that was so egregious that it, it's a it's a game changing non penalty. That's such a subjective call that I think you you mess with the integrity of the game if you start letting referees under a hood determine what is and what is not pass interference. Um, it, it's subjective anyway. I mean, you, you, you can watch the same play where a DB pushes a receiver 10 yards downfield in the end zone and it's not called. And then um, you watch it with another quarterback, another team, 10 minutes later, and it is called. It's so subjective that I don't think that that's something that you can – officiate. Um, and, and then if I'm a Seattle fan on the other end of that, then I can go back to four other instances in the game when it wasn't called my way. And so why on this particular time did you call pass interference? I mean, the games will be four hours long. If you, if you officiate every time there possibly could be pass interference, that's every single play. I asked Love how many times he thought the DV pass interfered with him and it didn't get called. Every time, right? Exactly. Multiple times during the game. And, and so if you have a, an opportunity for a coach to say, well, I'd like to challenge that, how long are these games going to be? Let, let, me, let, me, let me comment on that, Wayman. I understand what you're saying. I agree. But listen, how many times, and Chris, you see this, you see something like that happen at the end of the game where it will determine the game. Ref ain't going to call that because they don't want to be like the one, hey, he changed the game. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't never going to see that happen in the end of a game, like a close game like that. So it's either the ref or you're going to need that thing and say at the end of the game, they look at that, you know, in the last minute or two, you know. Cause, but other than that, I'm not, hey, I wouldn't be the ref to want to throw that flag and, and, and call to another team. So nobody threw that flag. That was a blatant interference call. A flag should have been worse. It was, and, and, and it and it should have been called. But if if you if you're willing to to say that one should have been called, then do we have to call all the other ones that we missed or didn't miss in, in the entire game? Because then, you, you like I said, you start messing with the integrity of the game. You start saying, you the time "Why did you call that one?" Right, been in the why, why? first quarter. <laughs> yeah, but in the first quarter, if I'm driving down for a score and you don't call pass interference in that first quarter, and I wind up losing the game by two points like Atlanta did, and I get a field goal on that drive that you deny me by not causing pass interference, that's no less important than that one at the end of the game. And so that's what I'm saying. You you would have to legislate it all if you're going to – you can't just focus on that one at the end of the game. You have to to bring that into the entire officiating or the entire way the game's officiated. That makes a long game – 
that gives the referees too much. I don't want a referee under a hood telling me what is and what is not pass interference in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. Come on, wait a minute. I can see questionable one. That wasn't questionable. It just wasn't called because it was the end of the game and none of the ref. There's a difference when the first quarter. Come on now. First quarter, the ref like, hell, we got, they got three more of the quarters to make that up. The last minute of the game, the ref like, hey, this is it. You know, 10 seconds, they can, you know, win this game, but we don't want to be the one. That's like any game, you know. You could be reffing True. Pee-wee. True. Football. True. I agree. I agree that, that referees, you know, that, 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 that flag gets a little uh, harder to pull at the end of the game, but it, but it shouldn't be. If, if I'm a referee, if I'm getting paid to officiate a game in a proper manner, and if I see pass interference, whether it be the first quarter or the fourth quarter, that flag should fly out of my pocket. And that referee had a very clear view. Um, he not only was pass interfered with him, but he was holding uh, his arm so he couldn't make a catch with two hands. It was blatant pass interference. Why? Seattle's at home. Do you not call it because they're at home? It's the end of the game. Do you not? So if, if a ref can be influenced or persuaded by those things, why wouldn't he be persuaded or influenced under that hood um, or at any other time? And I think you just, like I said, you start messing with the integrity of the game. We start thinking that these referees are cheating. They're cheating for Seattle. They looked at that pass interference call, and they didn't even call it after looking at it under the hood. Or they call, they're cheating for Atlanta. They let Atlanta get away with that in the first quarter. They didn't call Seattle. I, I just think you just leave it alone. That's one of the things I do not want the referees po- poking their finger in. Well, one, of the, one of the things I was looking at was statistics for refs and refing crews. And there's quite a few of the refing crews that throw the flag more frequently than others. Well, we got to end the show, but next week, when we definitely got you on. We're to have Nesby to play with um, Seattle Seahawks on. So I want you to have you on with him and see what he, you know, what you got to say with that Seattle team. Well, you know, as long as he's willing to call me the prophet, you know, I'll, I'll come back, especially after another uh, winning week <laughs> under my belt. I, I do not believe that Houston is going to find a way to beat Denver. But if at all possible, I will be praying that that happens too so I can go to Burger King and get me another horse meat uh, donkey bronco sandwich. Okay. And, um, you need to call Peyton Place and give him your credit card profit. No, no, no. Like I said, it'll be your it'll be your credit card. I'm going to take it easy on you. You know, I'm, I'm not going to try to go super extravagant, but I am going to love counting down these games week by week with you and Chris as the Eagles record continues to plummet. And then you can, oh, I mean... That profit definitely sticks. And 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 then and then when they win, that means you're not going to call like you did that one week. I will call every single week, rain oh. or shine, um, oh, win or okay. lose. I've taken right, one go. week of hiatus. One week of hiatus, but that will happen no more. All right. Next week. Talk to you later. Have, have a and good a week, Wayman. All right. You as well. Bye. 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 That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.